to the 31st episode of Bond Music, Six of the Best, our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks. And this month, we're going to go a bit international with our review of a four-disc CD set. We're going to be reviewing the Ultimate James Bond Music Collection by the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra, the 2006 edition. I am Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. Some know me as the Death Probe. I am joined by my best friend in life, Alan Porter, some call him Tex. Welcome back, Tex. Thank you, Joe. It's good to be back. I am looking forward to hearing what our guests have to say about this one. Or did I just give the game away there? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was about to tell them. So that's perfectly <laughs> fine. Yeah, that was my little hint about us going international. It's not just that we're going to be headed to the city of Prague, if you will, but uh, we're going to be mixing things up a bit. So usually on Six of the Best, I was about to say, usually we bring ACD, but man, we've been doing whatever the heck we want lately. <laughs> we brought like two records, I think, last time. And uh-huh. uh, one time I brought a CD that had three tracks on it. So, I, you know, usually is a strong word. But all right, here's what we're going to do. We've got this Ultimate James Bond CD set, City of Prague, right? It's got four discs in it. That's a lot of music. So here's what we did. I have the lead on this one. So I'll do the usual, give you the rundown on it. And then I'm going to pick just two tracks from disc one. And then Alan is going to pick just two tracks from disc two. And then our international friends have sent in their audio. We have Luis Pachon from Colombia. He's going to pick two tracks from disc three. And Matt Robenheimer from South Africa is picking two tracks from disc four. If you followed that, great. If not, just listen and it'll all happen. It's the best I can do, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's cool. I just love the fact that we got folks from Colombia and South Africa. I, to me, it's just an indication of just how encompassing yet how broad this Bond community is. Yeah. Over the last however many years, five years we've been doing these podcasts, God forbid us. It's, uh, <laughs> we've made so many friends and contacts around the world who just share a love of Bond and Bond music. It's awesome. 
really it really is yeah it really is yeah uh, and Luis and matt and our friends in the netherlands and our friends in canada and I'm, i should never do lists like this because we'll leave somebody out but yes it's been awesome and i do want to right up front just want to thank matt and louise for taking on that extra duty and i look forward to hearing from them later in the show okay alan as always with these spinoff titles we kick off where we found these cds or sometimes albums, right? Maybe mm-hmm. one day I'll bring a cassette. But today it's CDs. <laughs> Where did we find it? How did we discover it? I found this because of doing Bond Music 101 with Raymond Benson. Uh, I was sort of the DJ for that show. And Raymond would kind of send me his list of tracks that he wanted on the show. And he sent me uh, one or two from this collection that he wanted on one of those episodes. And I was like, oh. I don't have that. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I did that thing where I went on the internet and I went ahead and bought it. And funny story, it was a lot cheaper than, than it is now. I swear our podcast is driving up the value of these <laughs> we, things. We are, we are definitely uh, driving up the price of virtual uh, music, I'm sure. <laughs> I have this weird feeling that we're manipulating the market. So that's how I found it. It was basically Raymond asked for it. I said, I didn't know that existed. So I picked it up and I got it. How about you, Alan? How did you find the uh, City of Prague Philharmonic James Bond collection? I was thinking about this. I think it's one that I knew existed, was just out of there in the ether. I'd heard people, I don't sort of didn't have a copy, but I thought it was one that I'd heard people talk about, was aware it was out there, but never actually tracked it down until, like you, Raymond mentioned it on the show. And then I sort of did a bit more digging around it. I think it's not just the Bond thing. They have such a, you'll probably touch on this, but they have such a good reputation for doing soundtrack stuff and TV theme stuff. And I love all sort of that soundtrack and TV theme type music. So I think I was aware of them and their reputation and the, the work they'd done. And I think I'd heard mention of this CD set prior to that, but I think it was really Raymond talking about it that really crystallized that awareness of it for me. So kudos for Raymond, I suppose, for bringing it all together for both of us. Now, just real quick, and I haven't even, not even looking at my notes yet. One of the most important things about this ultimate James Bond film music collection, City of Prague thing is, as I learned from Raymond, the reason he wanted these tracks is for the longest time, and in some cases, still to this day, this is the only way to get certain score tracks for some of the Bond movies. Like some of them to this day, even, you know, they've been doing more special editions, expanded editions, like we did the Dr. No one right. not too long ago. But uh, yeah, some of those tracks still aren't available in their original format. And I got to say, the City of Prague just does this wonderfully spot on. I don't know, impersonation. I don't know how, I don't know what the right word is, but you know how you can listen to some of these CDs where people do, Hey, we're going to do the music of bond. And you can tell it's just sort of lack of a better term B team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they really get so close that sometimes I can't tell. Yeah. I, th- I think they're a good recreate. I don't know if recreation is the right word. We'll but... figure it out by the end of the episode, folks, but maybe, good at maybe, what they not. Do. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> covers. But, uh... I guess they're covers. Yeah, but like you say, in some cases, for some music cues, this is the only place you can get them, which is still amazing that that's the case. Yeah, it blows my mind. Anyway, let me get to my official research. And here we go. Okay, the roots of the city of Prague Philharmonic, or I'll say that a thousand times today. But anyway, the roots go back to the Film Symphony Orchestra for... Berendov Film Studios in 1947. Shortly after World War II, Berendov Film Studios became a thing in Europe. This orchestra was their score orchestra. 
Later on, they privatized and became the Czech Symphony Orchestra, but that led to legal difficulties as apparently there was more than one orchestra using the name Czech Symphony Orchestra or something too similar. So in 1992, they officially became the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. I think they figured if they added enough words that (laughs) nobody else would take it. They were like, if if we had enough words at some point in the future, some guy on a podcast is going to have a really hard time saying all these words. And it's me. (laughs) And it got me good. But the reason that it's kind of long, the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra is because they didn't, they want to differentiate themselves from the other orchestras that were in Czechoslovakia and even more specifically in Prague, apparently. Anyways, they are a go-to orchestra for a lot of things, like Alan alluded to. They don't just do recreations. They do original score stuff for movies, TV, video games, you name it, they do it. This is one of the busiest orchestras on earth. They do over 250 recording sessions per year. And I want to say that again, 250 recording sessions. That does not include their public performances. This is just them in the, you know, booths or I guess it's a really big booth when you have an orchestra. We don't know music terms, people, but (laughs) that's them in a room recording music. 250 per year. There was even a notation in my research that says they may be the most recorded orchestra of all time. They do a lot. They also do worldwide performances with their main hub actually being in Germany. They have a partnership with Classic Radio in Germany where they perform there several times a year. That's sort of their main hub, but they go worldwide. They are famous in music circles for near-perfect score expansions and recreations, which is just what Alan and I were talking about. Like, this is the go-to folks. So you're like, oh, I really like this music cue, but it's not available anywhere else. There's a really good chance that they are going to recreate it. That's probably a good word that I should have used earlier, (laughs) but there's a good chance they're going to recreate it and do an exceptional job. I'm always, always impressed. I also have their six-disc tribute to John Barry collection, which is incredible. Again, I oftentimes cannot tell the difference between the original score and what they've done. They are really, really, really good. Now, I talked earlier about their value. The current value, if you wanted to order this four-disc set on Amazon today, it's about $55, today being December of 2022. So if you listen to this in the years in the future, it's probably gone up. But in December of 2022, 55 bucks on Amazon gets it for you. You can probably score a good used copy on eBay for about $30. So if you want to run out and buy it, that's what you're looking at. Not too pricey, but, you know, for CDs, it's got a little value to it. Okay, with all that out of the way, and I think we talked a little bit about it already, but just, Alan, your overall impressions as you went through the whole album, what did you think? I really enjoy it. It's great. Like we said, there's certain places where you listen to stuff and it's like, oh, I haven't heard this in a long time because, you know, the only other place you've heard it is in the movie, which is great. There's some very interesting combinations of music cues that they put together. And I thought they were very even-handed in, I mean, it seems to be pretty much three to four tracks per movie. They didn't seem to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Favoring one movie over another. I thought it was a very even-handed because you quite often find on these things, you get the usual theme music and then you get three or four favorite cues and you may tend to find that like there's more Goldfinger music than there is Dr. No music, things like that. I've noticed that as we've been doing these shows. So I found this one was a very even-handed treatment of the whole franchise up to the point 2006 this was released. So I thought that was interesting that they, they seem to have deliberately done a selection of tracks to keep it pretty even across all, all the movies in the franchise. 
Yes, that is definitely my biggest note of standout as well. Like, if you just want to pop it into your CD player, or if you've got a fancy four disc changer, you want to listen to them one after another, you're going to get that broad cross section as evenly balanced as you would imagine. It's going to play cues from all the films and, and you're going to have a good time. So, definitely with you on that. One interesting thing I picked up too is. I was very specific earlier to say this is the 2006 edition, and I think this was the last edition, but there was one before this, as Matt Robenheimer pointed out while he and I were chatting. He has one, but his didn't have, I think, the casino music on it. I think that got added later when it came out. So just for your awareness out there, folks, there's probably a 2002-ish, you know, Die Another Day version, and then there's probably a 2006 where they add the casino tracks. So that's about it as far as this goes and sort of the history of the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. If I said it right that time, I'll get all these words right eventually. I think there's nothing left to do but start getting into some music. Okay, folks, let's get into my top two picks from disc one. It's a little more pointed than usual. And I got to tell you, I'm certain... Alan is going to echo me on this, but picking two tracks per disc was a challenge. <laughs> was it not? You go ahead and weigh in on that, Alan. Wasn't it? it was almost impossible to just pick two <laughs> tracks from any single disc. Yes. Yeah. I might as well have just written the names of those tracks, put them on a dartboard, and <laughs> just yeah. throw them because there's so much cool stuff in here. But I, I, I will say, we'll get to this a bit, but with mine, it was like, there was one, I'm like, yes, that's it. But trying to find that second track was like, I was just backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I, I had a very similar experience. And I'll go ahead and get to my first track, the one that, yeah, that was it. I selected from disc one, track four, which is called the Zagreb Express. And this is basically a suite of music that takes place while they're on the Orient Express train in From Russia With Love. I don't believe this music was on the From Russia With Love soundtrack. I went and took a glance at mine, and I do have the slightly expanded ones that came out on CD. I guess they were probably about around 2000 or so, and I didn't see it on there. I mean, I honestly didn't pop it in and listen to everything to make sure it wasn't there. So it could be there, but I don't remember it being there. Regardless, this Zagreb Express track, which is a medley of a couple different tracks that take place during the train trip, it really just automatically conjures up to mind that portion of the film. It goes from kind of really zippy travel music to the looming threat of Red Grant on the train. It's all in there. And I will stop talking about it and start playing it.
All right, Alan, what'd you think of that? That's great. I, I always liked that scene, the musical accompaniment to that scene. It, to my mind, it, it throws me back to sort of earlier movies of the 50s or, you know, the noir movies of the 40s when somebody was on the train and you get the map and the line going along and the chugga, chugga, chugga and the cuts of the stock footage of the trains that they used to use. But yeah. there was always that chugga, chugga, chugga music. And to get that with a John Barry influence on top of it, we've talked about before, you know, Barry always had that ability to make sounds. Inanimate objects have sounds that as soon as you heard it, you knew what it was. Does it again here, takes that traditional sort of chugga chugga music and just adds his own spin to it, which the, the orchestra really pulls together. We talked a bit about them putting tracks together again. I think this sort of does that. And I think it's a really good summary of that section of the movie in one track. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we've mentioned it before, but just kudos to how well they replicate the sound. I'm certain if we listen to the official track and this back to back, we could maybe hear it. But when I hear standalone, it sounds like they ripped it right out of the movie to me. It, they do such a good job. Such a good job. Sounds so authentic. Speaking of which, now my next selection is a little safer. <laughs> and be, I say that because I pretty sure that both these tracks are actually on the original soundtrack but to me this is like quintessential bond period just these two tracks back to back and what they are is again i am on disc one this is track nine and it is into miami followed by alpine drive and that's the name of the track into miami hyphen alpine drive they've put these two tracks from goldfinger together into miami is just one of those infectious berry tracks that i hum regularly like it has stayed with me for years and years and years i love it so much and then when it merges no pun intended <laughs> with alpine drive which then takes you from miami to uh, basically the alps and then driving around it all starts just come together it feels like bond to me it's just everything i love about bond it just i just sit there and listen to it on loop forever i'll stop talking about it once again and start playing it
Oh, I can't get enough of that. And maybe it's because if listeners to our show know that that's how I found Bond music was I bought the Goldfinger LP at a flea market for a dollar when I was five. So that that's just Bond music to me. Is that my memories, Alan, or does that sound right to you? No, it is. Again, nobody else is going to say it, but you and I was both swaying in time in our chairs into Miami. (laughs) For me, it is one of the quintessential into Miami and capturing space from You Only Live Twice, uh, just... I don't know, quintessential iconic cues for me. Yes. I find it interesting because in the last one, we talked about how that that was like condensing a particular section of the movie together. But here you've got two cues that are actually miles apart in the movie right. and actually are not connected from a narrative point of view, but they work incredibly well together. I wouldn't necessarily thought about putting these two together as one piece of music. But it's pretty seamless transition, and it works really well. So uh, kudos to whoever the orchestra's arranger is who thought of putting these two together, but it works really well. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's Bond music to me. And we're done talking about disc one. Uh, again, as you might assume, if you're just listening along right now, yeah, there's a lot of other really good tracks on <laughs> disc one. Disc one pretty much takes you all the way to Thunderball. And from there, it goes to disc two, which means I'm going to hand it to Alan. Well, thank you, sir. All right. So like I said, when I got this, I was listening through to all 12 tracks and I was like one that was like, yep, that's it. That's a definite pick. And then it was, where do I find a second pick? So that one definite pick was actually track 12. It was the last one I listened to, which is the only track on this disc from Live and Let Die. I assume the other ones are on this three jared hastily looks at no okay <laughs> really okay all right so anyway it is the theme. i couldn't find it i couldn't find the mute button <laughs> so no you're right it actually does end with live and let die and disc three picks up with the man with the golden gun so, so there's only one live and let die track on the uh, the four seat okay yeah that is interesting it makes me wonder if you know music rights and all that yeah stuff. music rights yeah because this is a theme song it is one of my top three Bond themes, so it was definitely uh, a definite pick. What I like about this is it's a really cool interpretation with a surprisingly laid-back approach that contrasts with the expected high-energy sections in a way that I felt it has no right to. It works much better than it has any right to in this particular interpretation, so I was really taken with it. So let's give it a listen and see if you feel the same. Thank you. 
But Jared, what do you think of that? Do you agree with me about the laid back approach being surprising? Yes, uh, it has a real smooth beginning. It does bring that energy where you expect it to. And then it just gets real laid back again with the do 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 It's familiar yet fresh at the same time. It's just a joy to listen to. It's, it's a yeah, and that's what got me with this one, as we said, because a lot of the other tracks, they're recreating the sound of the movie. But this one, they took a very different approach. Yeah, this was like playtime. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it worked surprisingly well. It really did. 100%. Okay, so as we mentioned, obviously erroneously mentioned earlier that we thought that every movie was well represented, obviously, except for Live and Let Die, we've now found out. But just to give an example, this this too covered You Only Live Twice on a Majesty's Secret Service, Diamonds of Forever, and then that little taster of Live and Let Die at the end, which was a good good selection from which to pick. But there were four on a Majesty's Secret Service track. So anybody who's listened to this show or other Bond shows know that that's my favorite Bond movie, and I love the music from it. So I just had to go with one of the Honor Majesty's Secret Service tracks. No surprise there. The one I choose was track seven, which is The Ski Chase, which again is one of those ones where uh, they're pulling together a lot of the different cues used during the ski chase sequence into one three-minute or four-minute section. I found it was the most dynamic of the four Majesty's tracks that were on here. And for me, it's one of my favorite moments in my favorite Bond movie. And to be honest, it's the very sequence that made a 10-year-old me fall in love with James Bond when I first saw it in the cinema. So it just had to be a ski chase for me.
I just love the the big bombastic grand opening, the youth of the synthesizer. Like I said, uh, it's also just brings back so many memories for me. Instantly recall that whole sequence, listening to it. It just brings a smile to my face, tapping along with my foot and nodding my head. I think of the whole four CDs, uh, this is my favorite track. Man, you might be right. Because you hit the nail on the head when you said put a smile on my face. Because we're sitting here listening to it, and I'm listening to that that really cool intro, and it's got those like frenetic like under the under the main sound and then we get to the true meat of the berry music from majesties and i just smile spread around my face I was like man this is just this is just it you know I, i've openly stated on the show it's this and living daylight so like those are my two berry cd like i love them all clearly but those are my two standouts man just to hear them kind of going at it and having fun with it god that's a great track man i could have that one on loop for quite a while Excellent selection, sir. Thank you, sir. And this is where the show gets a little bit different because we're about to go to Columbia for the tracks to be selected from disc three. So at this point, I will take a look in here and see what our old friend Luis Pachon sent us from Columbia. Hi, I am Luis Pachon from Medellin, Colombia. I am the person behind. W7 Vintage at Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. I am very happy to participate in this six of the best Bone Music special. I was asked to tackle this number three and select two tracks, which are, well, in my opinion, the best ones of this album, which is, by the way, a fantastic work. I listen to it quite frequently, but I was tasked with this, well, difficult choice, and I ended up liking one track from one of my least favorite Bond movies, The Man with the Golden Gun, and another one from one of my favorite uh, 007 exploits, The Spy Who Loved Me. The first track that I like the most from the general fantastic arrangements that we find in disc number three is a slow boat from China and knickknack from obviously the man with the golden gun, which is one of my least favorite movies in the series. It could be a not very good movie with no so nice story and no good characters. I am not particularly very fond of Scaramanga's portrayal by the fantastic Christopher Lee. I think he's misused or underused in this um, particular Bond adventure. But John Barry's score elevates the movie to a different level of quality, even with that not very nice whistle that we hear in a particular sequence. But Slow Boat from China and Knickknack incorporate this hummable tune that comes from the main title song. And not many people love this Lulu song. But I think that the, the, the title tune is one of the most recognizable and hummable tunes in the whole series. So it's a welcome addition to have these tracks. Slow Boat from China is a very good tune to focus on an activity, to concentrate in your job. I actually play that frequently at the office on a playlist that I have exclusively from albums related to Bond music and 
my staff, <laughs> the collaborators here, well, they don't complain, so I think they enjoy it, <laughs> or at least it doesn't bother them. But in general, uh, well, sometimes they ask me, what's this music from? And, well, I just tell them this is a James Bond track. And, well, they don't ask more questions. They are not fans. But in some way, I expose them to Bond in this subliminal way. So I, I love this particular first part of the track, Slow Wolf from China. And the second part, the knick-knack part of the track, is more action-oriented. So you have this slow-paced piece of music followed by a very frenetic and action-driven track, which is a good contrast, and it helps you get into the mood of finishing a certain task or job. I love listening to it. I listen to it quite frequently, and it's one of my favorite tracks in general, not only from this wonderful City of Prague Orchestra album, but in general from the Bond music lore.
Oh, I think that's an excellent, excellent selection. What do you think, Alan? Yeah, I think it's a great selection too. I'm not a huge fan of the movie either, but I do love the score. And he's right. It is one of the most instantly recognizable melodies, I think, whatever you think about the movie. This is a beautiful use of it, just that slowed down version of it and winding the melody in. And again, two tracks that I wouldn't necessarily put together to create one piece, but they do flow together really well. And I always like it when the, the bad guy or the henchman has his own little theme, something that John Barry did very well. Yeah. And it's nice to hear it here. So preferred the first half of it to the second, but overall, yeah, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, I agree with you on all counts, especially again, that first half. It's just so soothing, relaxing, welcoming, very Barry, very Bond. It's everything you want. So we'll go back to Louise now for his second selection. The second track that I love the most from this wonderful selection of musical pieces is Ride to Atlantis. I love it in the original album. I know that Marvin Hamlisch actually extended the musical piece in order to make it a little bit more commercial for the soundtrack. We know that the version that we listen to in the movie is quite shorter and a little bit different. So I like what the City of Prague Orchestra does with this track, the arrangement. It gives a familiar feeling for those who have heard the, the tune before, whether in the movie or the original soundtrack album, but with a twist that makes it mm, a little bit different. It's always a welcome addition to any playlist dedicated to concentration, focus, and a job or something. So I, I use that to play that in my office, and I subject my collaborators and my team, my staff, to endure these long sessions of listening to Bond music. But in general, the, the, the feeling is positive, as I said before, and Right to Atlantis is a really good addition to this environment is something that could sound a little bit outdated. It's not the type of music that we normally enjoy in, in offices here. And well, Right to Atlantis is a highlight.
I know I love Ride to Atlantis. I've always liked that track. How do you feel about it, Alan? Again, not one of my favorite movies, but this is actually is. Sorry, all those people who love Spy Love Me. This is one of my favorite tracks on it. It's a nice, relaxing track to listen to, but kudos to making your staff listen to Bond music. Um, <laughs> scores you great boss points there. I think that's perfect. Good management style there. I wish I'd thought of it over the years in my various jobs, making my staff listen to Bond music during the day. I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I figure he's either going to convert them or they're going to rise up against him. One of the, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> You're going to use that in your leadership yes. seminars now. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. Bond music and how it works around the office, I suppose. Another good track selection, and we'll hear uh, Louise's final words, and then we'll move on to disc four. Well, I discovered this ultimate James Bond film music collection by the city of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra back in, I think, 2008, when I was living in France. So I was amazed by the arrangements. And it's a collection I am very particular fond of. So it's always a pleasure to be asked to review or to give my opinions or, or thoughts on this album. So in general, I am very pleased to be here, to be invited to participate. I always enjoy this. If you haven't heard the whole album, give this album a chance. Try to find it. It's very easy to find online. These versions are also available in some music streaming services. So it's a really good opportunity to listen to these tracks. Some of them are actually works that are not found in the original albums of the movies. For example, Moonraker, you know, that's missing many, actually many tracks. So it's a good way to get access to, for example, Free Fall from Moonraker which is in this disc, number three. And you can have an idea of what could have been published if this music from Moonraker wasn't lost by the time the recording sessions ended. Well, there is a whole story behind this. I'm pretty sure it has been discussed before here or in other sources. So it's a good idea just to explore this album and these tracks in order to discover more of Bond music, not only from John Barry, but from other composers too. Okay. Thank you, Luis, for being part of this. Thank you, Luis, as well. I, it's great to have you on the show and hear your thoughts and uh, really enjoyed your selection. So thank you for joining us and participating. Absolutely. Yeah, good picks all around. And let's just keep that good vibe going. We will head down to South Africa for the fourth and final disc, We'll check in with Matt Robenheimer. Hello, Unimagined Secret Podcast. It's Matt Robenheimer, aka Agent R from South Africa here. It's been a while, hasn't it? Anyway, it's great to be back and be talking about some of the Bond music released by City of Prague Philharmonic, uh, which have actually come out in various different compilations over the years. In fact, my Bond music collection started with the uh, four-disc James Bond collection that included cues from Dr. No to The Balls Not Enough. And at the time, I was a big fan of the film music of Bond, but I never really had the opportunity to listen to some of the score cues outside of the context of the film. And one of the things that made these recordings quite special at the time was that they included many cues that had never been officially released, at least at that stage. And some of my favorites fell into that category, like the uh, tarantula scene from Dr. No, or the Orient Express cues from, from Russia with Love, and the pre-title Freefall sequence from Moonraker. 
And even to this day, none of those cues have made it onto any expanded soundtrack albums, so this collection still remains a bit of a must-have in my opinion. But uh, my focus in this particular discussion is on disc 4 of the collection, uh, which covers music from A View to a Kill onwards. And it's with A View to a Kill that I make my first pick. The conductor of these recordings is Nick Rain, and he also happened to be the orchestrator on the original soundtrack for the film, so... In this particular case, it gives the music a bit of an authenticity, which isn't always the case uh, with re-recorded film music. So this album gives us a three-cue suite of music from A View to a Kill, including music from the pre-title sequence, the San Francisco City Hall scene, as well as a romantic theme, Wine with Stacy. That's where we begin, a classic bit of John Barry romance on flute and strings, making excellent use of the Duran Duran theme tune, and the music is far more beautiful than the Bond and Stacy romance scene on screen. The next part is Fanfare, a real gem in this particular suite, I think. It's a heroic version of the theme tune heard uh, when Bond's descending the fireman's ladder with Stacy over his shoulder. And whenever this fanfare bursts out of my speakers, I'm inclined to drop whatever alcoholic beverage I may be consuming and applaud. And then finally, Snow Job, which is a great bit of John Barry action music, combining a bit from Honor Majesty's Secret Service and some very 80s-sounding electric guitar. And, um, no California girls in sight.
Alan, view to a kill. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting combination. I mean, it's like the three tones of the movie, because that's one of my problems with this movie. It's very uneven tonally, and they sort of showed that with this combination, I think. It's like the Whitman sampler of a view to a kill. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was but delicious, I, I mean, <laughs> I totally agree about the fan. I mean, yes, the musical romance is much better than the on-screen romance. Yeah, I totally agree with the fanfare, even though I just have a cup of tea and not an alcoholic drink. I have to put it down and sort of, you know... <laughs> Punch the air. Yeah, it's just awesome. It, for me, that's actually one of the, even though it's visually not that great a moment, just that is musically an absolute highlight of the movie for me. I think it's one of those cues that stands out irrespective of the movie. It's just an awesome James Bond movie cue, whichever m- movie it came from. So, yeah, and anything with a bit of a, you know, Majesty's undertone, Bond on Snow, I'm, a, I'm up for that. So, <laughs> yeah, this little three track, if you, I mean, it's all one track, but three sampler of three, it just really, yeah, indicative of the movie and all the best parts of the movie. It, it, it makes me feel good about A View to a Kill, and I like feeling good about it. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people pick on the movie itself. I really do love the music. You know, I'm a big Christopher Walken fan too, but the music is definitely a really strong part of that film, and these are really three very strong tracks to pick from a very strong pool. So, yeah. Well done. Thank you, Matt. And let's check in on Matt's second track. My second pick from disc four is the tank chase music from Goldeneye, Tank Drive Around St. Petersburg, which is not to be confused with the Pleasant Drive in St. Petersburg, which is the unused tank chase music included on the original soundtrack. Now, I do admit I'm one of those strange people that actually kind of likes the Eric Serra score. Okay, there are one or two dodgy moments and some odd choices like the Ferrari chase and the original tank music. But the sound of the GoldenEye score is actually very nostalgic for me. From the gun barrel through the Tina Turner song and the James Bond theme played on timpanis. I was about 10 years old when I first saw GoldenEye and it was one of the VHS tapes that I wore out from repeated viewings. So as controversial as the music is, I would never really want it replaced with anything else. Not even a brand new score by David Arnold. The recording included on this soundtrack is the film version of the Tank Chase Q, which was hastily composed by John Altman so that the sequence could have a more traditional Bondian orchestral sound. As the classic James Bond theme kicks in, I can't help picturing a tank bursting through a concrete wall, so what could be better?
Take chase, Elvin. Take chase. What do you think? I thought it was interesting what Matt said about that he wouldn't replace the Eric Serra track, even with a mm. David Arnold rescore. Right. And I think I agree with him. I, I, I do too. I actually I dislike the Eric Serra score totally, but I know what he meant about it's a very nostalgic part of Goldeneye, and it wouldn't be Goldeneye without it, if that makes sense. It does. It totally makes sense. I um, definitely fall more into camp with Matt. Like I've never hated it like other Bond fans do. Like It's always had a special place in my heart. I understand why people don't yeah. like it, but it's so nostalgic for me. I, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with Matt. Yeah, but if you're going to pick any track from GoldenEye other than the theme song, it's probably going to be this one because it is the most traditional Bondian in feel, I think. Oh, totally. The only thing I've never liked about it is the, it's sort of that constant triangle. The tinkity, 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 just kind of it degrades my nerves. I feel like in this version that the City of Prague folks toned it down, and I think it's a little quieter than it was in the original. I may be wrong. I may just be getting used to it, but I've never liked that triangle behind behind the whole thing. Never been my cup of tea, but it's that's a small picadillo for a really good track, and I'm glad that Matt picked it. Yeah. Again, two good selections. Absolutely. So there you go. Those are my top two picks from disc four of the James Bond music collection by City of Prague Philharmonic. It's been a great pleasure revisiting the earliest days of my Bond music collecting, and I hope we get some more re-recordings of rare Bond music again in the future. There was supposed to be a full re-recording of the Moonraker score a few years ago, but sadly that project fell apart for, I don't know, mysterious reasons. But I still hope we'll see it in the future. Anyway, that's all from me, and bye for now. Thanks to Matt as well for joining in the fun, listening to the tracks and two good selections. And uh, it was it was a pleasure to have you on the show. So uh, thanks for doing that, Matt. Absolutely. Agent R, you are the man. Made some good selections and man, just great contributions. Appreciate you, uh, you doing that. Just for a little fun fact on Matt's disc four from the 2006 version, it goes all the way to Casino. And then it has bonus tracks at the end it has never say never again bonus track it has casino royale's 1967 the look of love bonus track <laughs> so there's even a little extra bond music on here for those of you who like your rogue bonds your outside of the eon bonds is a little bit of that on the end of that as that, well. that last one's a good good choice i knew you would like it <laughs> i knew you would Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Louise. Now, Alan, it is time for us to rate this four disc set. As we do here on the show, we rate it on a scale of one to seven martinis. A seven means this needs to be in a Bond fans audio library, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. A one means uh, you could listen to it and just call it a day. <laughs> you don't need to own it or anything like that. So in that broad range, Alan, one to seven, where are you going to land on this? One? I know we normally say seven is for the actual official soundtracks and obviously David Arnold, but I think we have to put this one up there with the sevens. I think all four of us have mentioned there are cues on this set that you cannot get anywhere else, even today. Otherwise, and it's just a good representation. I think if you want to find one CD set without having to go out and collect all the individual soundtracks, I think Matt said it, this was his introduction to the scope of Bond music. And I think for anybody who is starting out collecting Bond music or listening to Bond music, this is the perfect place to start, I think. 
I'm going to agree with you. This is, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to say, get this, put it in your library. It's just a tour. Not only just a tour of Bond music, it's a wonderful tour of Bond music. Just well executed at every step, including tracks that you can't find anywhere else. Everything sounds good. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, call it a seven. We're both going to give it sevens. This is a good one. This is a highlight. This is the only one other than that we've given a seven to other than the official soundtracks and shaken and stirred. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was all the soundtracks, you know, you got to have those and then shaken and stirred got a seven. And this is right up there with that. And as I said, these city of Prague folks are very prolific. I was looking at some of their other offerings. They have like a box set like this for like Harry Potter music. If you're into other film genre music, see if they've got a box set because chances are it's going to be good. And that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of Bond Music, Six of the Best. I would like to just pause right here, and I know we thanked him again. I want to thank again. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Luis, for throwing in on this. It was a lot of fun. You guys are awesome, and hopefully we can do something like this again in the future. If you are a listener out there and you're like, oh, I've got a great idea for a box of the future. Maybe I, I would like to participate in something like that. Good news. There's ways to contact us. You can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com, or you can comment directly on our Twitter, which is ohmspod. As always, if you're not already subscribed to this channel, we'd love you to do that on your favorite podcast platform. And if you'd like to chat with us personally on social media, I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It is all at Yard Sale Artist. Alan? Uh, for James Bond stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and on Instagram at James Bond Lexicon. And of course, there is the James Bond Lexicon.online website, which is the companion website for our James Bond Lexicon book. Which I cannot recommend enough. So thanks for joining us for this episode. This episode's tracks are from the Ultimate James Bond Music Collection by the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra from a four CD collection, but I did just look. It is available also on a couple of streaming platforms as well. And as always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or CD, vinyl, or streaming, whatever floats your boat media-wise. Please support the Bond creative community. And we will be back with six of the best, and we will return with my next pick. And again, I'm going off-piste slightly for the next one, because it's not going to be CDs, it's not going to be vinyl, it's going to be streaming, but it's going to be a streaming of a live performance. We're going to look back at the recent 60th anniversary Sound of 007 concert from the Royal Albert Hall. Fancy! Yeah, so get your tuxedo ready. My tuxedo (laughs) t-shirt. We are going to go take a look at that. I don't know if you've actually watched it yet, but... uh, Oh, okay, that'll be cool. That was a shake of the head, by the way. It was very... (laughs) That was great for podcasting. I I shook my head left to right. (laughs) Well, that'll be exciting. I guess uh, everyone get your fanciness on, and we'll meet you at the uh, Royal Albert Hall. See you there, folks. Bye.